This week on RPG Cast, Paul Kohler, our man in Japan, was at TGS, and now he's here to tell us what he saw. More of our deep, heartfelt feelings about mobile phone gaming, and of course, more obsession with Persona 3. Welcome everyone to RPG Cast for the week of September 24th. It is the big Halo 3 episode. Oh wait, no, it is the big... TGS episode, and this week we've got a special for you. We have our man in Japan, Paul Kohler, who's going to be on the RPG cast with us today. You may also know him as Amish. We also have Anna Marie Neufeld, also known as Paws, Brian Boulette, aka Ethelred, and Michael Tidwell, aka Firemist, and myself, Chris Pervetier, aka Sabin slash Nabuo, in our chat rooms. Well, let's kind of get right into the things. We're going to change the order up a little bit this week because we know everyone wants to get into TGS and so kind of get through some of the normal things. Uh, just so you guys know, the new releases for this week, um, in case you haven't been watching closely, it would be Soul Nomad and the World Eaters. You can look for our review coming up on that shortly. We do have a couple new reviews that we put up in the past week, though. Eternal Sonata and Dragoneer's Aria. One of them's really good. One of them, not so much. You'll have to go read our reviews on our site, www.rpgamer.com, to find out. It's a contest. Yeah, it's a contest. Whoever figures it out first um, is the prizes knowing which game not to buy, I guess. So we got some exciting stuff coming up in the next month, like uh, Legend of Zelda Phantom Hourglass and uh, Dracula X. Most specifically, Legend of Zelda is coming out next week along with Chibi Robo. I think Brian's excited about Chibi Robo, right? Uh, not so much, but I am excited about Zelda. Oh, Okay. I guess I was wrong. For some reason, I thought you really dug the Chibi Robo series. I love the GameCube game, but the DS one, not really. Oh, okay. All right, well, enough of that. We got more important things to cover this week. Going to our listener feedback. You guys didn't send us much feedback this week, but that's okay. We still love you. There was a heck of a lot of dot .hack debate on the boards, though. It was one of the most spoilerific uh, <laughs> exposés on dot .hack mythology based on some of the, the statements last week with... I guess the only real correction to come out of it was that, yes, indeed, the characters from the first anime do make cameos in the first game series, which is great. And then after that, there is a lot of a lot of gray text on our boards with that spoiler tag. <laughs> what did you think of that, Anna Marie? Did you like that? <laughs> I know you commented on the discussion. <laughs> <laughs> I We just spent like 30 out of the 60 comments on that particular thread on dot .hack. So it eventually just got to the point where I was like, you know what, guys, if you want to discuss some antics, go do it somewhere else. Yeah, good job doing the thread hijack there, guys. <laughs> yeah. All right, one last... What was that, Mike? It's a bit hard to read the podcast thread when you have gray boxes answered by gray boxes. <laughs> that was my favorite. Just the post that really entirely grayed out. <laughs> <sighs> Well, let's see. I also want to take a moment and point out to people that we currently have a contest running in our sound test column. That would be RP Gamers Music Weekly column. There is a remix competition going on, and it is the, I think it's round four of kind of a grand comp contest we've been going and having where the winner will get to be the resident arranger of RP Gamer as well as getting a copy of Piano Squall. His game album. Um, I actually own this album. I picked it up at PAX. It's really good piano music. I'm I'm pretty much I'm pretty digging on it. Got some good stuff from 
Evangelion down to Mega Man to Final Fantasy Battle Medleys for 11 and a half minutes of Final Fantasy Battle Medleys, actually. So, pretty fun. Uh, anyway, to enter into that round, um, I don't know if you'll be able to win the whole thing at this point, but you can at least get in the game and have some fun if you arrange a Saga series track in the vein of the Black Mages. So give us give us a good rockin' mix of some Saga tracks. There's some There's good, some good music Saga battle tracks. Exactly, yeah. So... I'm excited to hear what can come out of that. All right, so let's uh, dabble into what people are playing right now before we get into TGS. Myself is kind of the same old, same old with the Persona 3, just continuing to take my Never time. ending. Yeah. What, what floor are you up to now? <laughs> um, 84. Oh, you've got a long way to go. I know, and I'm already at 32 hours in, and um, I'm not progressing very quickly. <laughs> I, but I, I got through the wonderful summer vacation sequence, which is just fantastic. I, I just love that. Actually, game. Operation Bay Punt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just awesome. <laughs> that was that was definitely made a win. That was really good. Yeah. So if you guys don't own that game, it is time to go get it. It is the best RPG that sure anyone that is listening to this should have that game. No questions. Yeah, and I, I'm sure we'll be talking about it through the end of the year. <laughs> All right. Um, I think pauses. Anna Marie, you're playing something interesting this week. So why don't you why don't you cover that? Yeah, as as I was talking about last week, I finally did get an opportunity to play Redstone. It's an MMORPG that's free to play, and what you can do is you can opt into buying items like a carpet that transports uh, you faster, more bag space, things like that. That does cost real money. The items do eventually expire, but it's still actually a lot cheaper than paying a monthly fee. I'd been playing around with a whole bunch of classes over Thursday and Friday, and then Saturday I decided to go out on a limb. I'm not a girly person, but I just decided to try a class that's called Princess slash Little Witch because the game allows you to transform. You have one character and it can transform back and forth between two forms. And I tried out the witch. I didn't really like it. So I popped back onto, I popped back to a princess and I ended up really liking it. The princess is primarily ranged attacks. She has some healing support. But the really unique thing about her is she's able to reduce all of her aggro either by crying, disguising herself as a rabbit, or playing dead. And the other really neat thing that the princess can do is she can actually transform into a weapon, and then another character can wield that weapon depending on how high your specialization in that is, is how long you'll last as a weapon. But it really does promote group leveling, and I really, really enjoyed it so far. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to playing more. Probably going to play right after this. Sweet. Actually, sounds like something i got to try out. <laughs> All right. Brian, you are playing the game, and I think everyone is just responding with a, a collective WTF to and just has to see more of and to understand exactly how this came to be and, and just just tell us about about this. I'm playing a, a bit of Tingle RPG at the moment. To WTF basically sums up what this game is. It's one of the most surreal, bizarre games I've ever played. And every now and then you get to the scene or this area or this conversation this piece of artwork and you're just like what what the heck is this 
but it's wonderful. Uh, it's so completely out there that it's a blast to play, and it's like nothing else. It basically takes everything that's good and pure about the Zelda series and corrupts the hell out of it. <laughs> so do you have any specific examples you could give us that would kind of... Well, it's hard. I mean, it's hard to sum it up because it's not like any specific scene in there. It's just this entire vibe that it gives off. It, it sets you on edge. It's It's very unhuman. It's not of this world. So what is Tingle's goal in the game? Tingle's goal in the game is to reach Rupee Land and to do it's he has to raise this tower by collecting massive amounts of rupees, which also his life consists of rupees. His hit points are the rupees he has. So as you're going through the game, you have to sacrifice these to make the tower raise up. But at the same time, if you give them all away, you know, you die. And the other thing is everyone in the world loves rupees. They don't care about anything else except rupees. So you can't even talk to people unless you bribe them to talk to you. Uh, they won't do anything to help you unless you bribe them. Uh, and, and and you just have to give money over and over again to get things done. And it's You fight too well by yourself, so you hire bodyguards to fight for you. And you pay them with rupees, obviously. It's very much unlike anything I've ever played before. Wow. So materialism. But it's a lot of fun. It's it's yeah. Do we even have a prayer of this coming over? I don't think so. <laughs> uh, I, there's some um, questionable jokes in there that I don't think Nintendo of America would be too keen with. Uh, there's some uh, definitely some homosexual jokes in there. I don't know. They might feel that's something I don't really want to touch, but. Mm. I've been wondering where Tingle stands, but... He's pretty fruity. <laughs> Good to hear that someone's getting to experience the... the... Uh, I don't even know, the undescribable hijinks of Tingle. <laughs> Alright, let's get into what we're all here for, though. Um, TGS 2007. Wow. So, I've heard this... You know, I've heard some people express some disappointment about TGS and a, and a lack of announcements. Personally, I think there's been plenty of interesting stuff at the show to think about and look at. Um, my, my feelings are kind of mixed. I mean, I think it's definitely not the worst. There were some good things there, definitely some interesting announcements. And I found I got to see some interesting games in motion and playable that you know we'd heard about before but hadn't gotten to see. So that was nice, but there was a lack of announcements and there were some definitely some things that disappointed me there. Atlas not being there at all was a big disappointment. Square Enix had nothing to announce except new Kingdom Hearts stuff, and that was disappointing. But there was some good yeah. stuff, too. And and just continuing with the names, Kingdom Hearts 358 over 2. Days. <laughs> making us have days. to do math. Oh, sorry. 358 over 2 days. Making us have to do math. They're just mean. I'm an accountant, and I do math all the time. Yeah. It's just... Yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah, we had a lot of strange names of the games. The Final Fantasy thirteen series is kind of long and convoluted to begin with, but especially Infinite Undiscovery. It looks like a really promising game, but even the game producers admitted that it was a made-up word. It wasn't English. They knew the word Undiscovery doesn't exist, but they chose it anyway. They had their reasons, but yeah. Yeah. And apparently we can't just say 179. No. 358 no, over 2 358, 358 over 2 days Yes <laughs> Yeah, what are you going to do? Alright, so well, As far as I actual announcement, Oh, what was that? 
I was going to say, I'm actually okay with the name Infinite Recovery because it does sound exactly like a Sakuraba song. I mean, he comes up with these weird little Englishy names for all the songs he does. Like, if you actually look at uh, the Star Ocean 3 soundtrack, he has a song that has the word Undiscovery. So it kind of fits with the whole theme. You've got to try his scheme. You've got ridiculous nonsense. Yeah, I guess that would work. <laughs> so what did we actually have concrete for announcements? I know, I think Star Ocean 4 was one, right? Correct. The two new, or excuse me, three new Kingdom Hearts games. Three new Kingdom uh, Blue Hearts. Dragon DS. Yes, which we still don't know the genre of, do we? We're assuming it'll probably be an RPG, but they haven't really given out any details at all. They just said, we've got a Blue Dragon game coming to the DS. And it has mini games. Like any DS yeah. game should, apparently. Well, Project R- O was that RPGs a new one? Too. I'm sorry? Was Project O a new announcement? They announced it a couple weeks ago, but this is the first time we got to see it in motion. Mm-hmm. They showed a trailer of it during TGS, which was nice. Looks fantastic. Had uh, Yoko Shimomura composing for it. She did a nice arrangement of uh, Ravel's Bolero. I love it. And there's the other O game, the Obero Muramasa, right. which looks also fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it looks like Odin Sphere, which is not a bad standard to meet. Yeah. Considering Odin Sphere was probably the most beautiful 2D game I've ever made. Yeah. Did you get a chance to play any of these, Paul? Um, none of those particularly come to mind. There are quite a few of the titles where they did have it, where they announced Star Ocean 4 comes to mind, where they, they did announce it, but there's nothing playable. And even Infinite Undiscovery is another one where they had the trailer available, but it was a very brief one. Uh, some of the other ones that I did get to play, ones that stick out to mind, Square Enix titles, uh, specifically Final Fantasy Tactics A2, mostly Square Enix stuff, White Knight Story, which is a level 5 title for PlayStation. Station three and a couple of others. I don't know what guys, what type of titles are you guys looking for? Like which ones? If you name them, I can think of ones that I played on the floor. Well, what about Tales of Innocence, for example? Tales of Innocence, yes, I did play that. Pretty nice. I was kind of worried because some Tales games in the past have had a real stall of uh, really, really lag in terms of battle, but it seemed pretty solid for the DS. I was impressed. That was one of the better titles, uh, titles I previewed on the floor. That and the I fact like- that it wasn't a remake. Yeah, I was looking at the uh, videos for it, and I was very impressed with the visuals. It looked almost Dreamcast-level at certain points. I was amazed that they were doing that. Well, not only that, the battles ran very smoothly. That's something I've always worried about Tales before, is that you'd have a lag in the battle just because of the way the system works. But I didn't even notice that at all playing the game, so that was really cool. Yeah. And lots of voice acting, too, right? Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Um, you've been noticed a little shift in a lot of the DS games. Uh, Final Fantasy IV Remake for the DS also has some voice acting as well. So Tales wasn't the only one, but yeah, they've started to see a shift towards that, which is pretty cool. It's a nice development. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Did you get to what play else? Final Fantasy IV? Uh, yes, I did get to play Final Fantasy IV, kind of a trip down memory lane. I don't know, I think my impressions made it pretty clear that I was not impressed with the number of remakes. And they have their reasons for doing it. But yeah, I did play it um, pretty solid. And that it's going to sell. And you know it will come over here. It's not a matter of when. Well, yeah, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And yeah, I did play it. It's pretty cool. You think it has my the same charm? Ah, uh, good question. I mean, I'm, I don't know if I can exactly answer that because I remember playing the game many, many years ago. I'm trying to think how long it's been. It was about at least 10 years ago when I first touched it. It's been out for longer. 
but when I did, it was, uh, mm, I could see it had the same, especially for people playing it the first time it would. Cool. Yeah. My philosophy on the whole remake thing is basically, I would rather they be making new games instead, but, but if you can do a remake, do it really well. And I'm pleased that it seems like Final Fantasy IV is shaping up pretty well. Glad they got a lot of the original staff members involved in doing the remake. Like, uh, Kokiid is directing the remake. He was the same guy who was the lead designer on the first game and, uh, actually wrote the story for it. And then they've got Hiroyuki Ito doing the game design. And he was the guy who did the game design for the original game and actually created the active time battle system. So you've got people who know this game intimately. And I'm pretty confident I'll be able to do a good job with it. And that's encouraging to me. One thing I heard about FF4 as well is that Nobuo Ematsu will be uh, working with the staff to do some of the tracks. Specifically, he was looking for a vocalist to do the theme of love. That was the latest announcement heard in that. So that in itself is exciting. I mean, that's a staff member, oh, somebody who people know his name. He's famous in his own right. So that was impressive. Absolutely. Yeah. And it'll just be a nice way to the theme for the game, having the opening vocal. I don't know. What other games were you guys looking for as far? Most of my time was spent in Square Enix booth. They had the majority of the non-mobile titles. Because one thing about TGS this year, lots of mobile phone stuff. Unfortunately, not much interest in North American uh, gamers. But what can you do in that but case? We don't, we don't really talk about mobile games. We've yeah, had oh, I know. discussions on this in the past. Oh, I know we did. How about, but how about uh, Level 5 other game? Did you get to... Yes, level five, definitely probably the most popular booth on the floor. Uh, the real reason for that is they were. Those they were giving out, right? right? Yeah, they, they were giving out a free uh, DS demo game. So, of course, the crowds there, they caught on to that very quickly. The game itself, I will give it credit for being an original idea. I know the first time I heard about it, I saw soccer and RPG and thinking, WTF, what's going on here? But it plays pretty well. Um, as far as team-wise, use the stillus isn't that bad. It's an interesting concept, if anything. The demo itself involved, it basically looks like two high school teams which are playing a soccer match against each other. And the Blitzball comparison is actually pretty good, so you guys remember how Blitzball worked. Um, basically, use the stillus to control your team, and when players of opposing teams, when they confront each other, that's where you get to select your tactics, whether you want to headbutt a guy, tackle a guy, dribble past the guy, or shoot a goal. So it's pretty cool. Plus, they had a little animated sequence after you actually select the tactics to see which character would be successful in their technique or what have you. I, I just have to ask this. What's Stillus? Mm. Stillus? <laughs> Magic Stylus. pen? Stylus? I'm sorry. Forgive me. I've been in Japan for the last two and a half years. That's Is what that I get for being there? around all these. Um, actually, most of the Japanese people, they call it Magic pen, referring Ooh. to the DS. Yes, they refer to the oh, Magic awesome. pen. Yeah, yeah well, that's cool. katakana. Katakana for you is the magic pen because everybody and their grandmother has a DS over here. Such a new, uh, forget the word to use for it, but everybody has it. So the fact that there are so many DS games, it's really no surprise. I don't know how popular it is in the States, but it's incredibly popular here. Yeah, the magic pen is the Japanese. Magic pen. Magic pen. Yes. You're going to have to remember that. Yeah. Well, do you guys prefer stylus over stillus? I can change if you really want. Oh, oh no, it's perfectly fine. I was just... I, I had to say something. I thought it was hey, amusing. No, that's all right. You're already on level five. You may as well continue with uh, uh, the big gun. Uh, which big gun are we referring to level five? Ah, oh, back to... 
Squeen <laughs> sorry, not catching there. Well, the big gun at level five would of course be Mr. White Knight's story, would it not? Ah, yes, although it should, uh, I want to point out that White Knight's story did have its own booth in the Sony area. White Knight's story was actually not in the level 5 area, but it was, oh. it had its own space in front of Sony, which that was kind of a surprise. Although, pretty nice looking title, it's my first time to actually sample the PS3 and, uh, looks nice. I couldn't help but make the Godzilla comparisons playing the game, but looks pretty solid to begin with. Uh, now, the PlayStation has had kind of a bad record as far as launch titles. Beyond the Beyond, an orphan sign of sorcery, if you remember back in the day. So, although this one, I, I think it's looking better. Uh, pretty solid gameplay. Graphics look gorgeous, no question about that. And, yeah, boss battles are kind of fun to do. Yeah, well, alright, so here's the thing on White Knight's story. Um, last year's demo... Well, it turns out that that was actually target footage. And so I, I did not know that until reading an article this year. So I, I got to see the trailers this year, and all that really nice blocking that all the characters did in the combat that made it look like hyper-realistic. It was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you can do this type of collision detection in a game. I can't wait for this game to come out. Yeah, it wasn't there in the demo this year. You had the big bright purple flashes now. It's like, slash, slash, and I pound on you some more. Yeah, I, was, I, I mean, was initially of... really disappointed with that. And, but now the more I hear about the game, the more I think, of, the more I hear about it, and you still got a lot of combos and stuff in there. I think they're they're winning me back. And yeah, I don't think I think that's one of those cases where the difference between the demo trailer versus actual gameplay is quite large. It was nothing that amazing, but there are enough combos to set up, and gameplay was smooth enough. Again, with the PS3 hardware for a first generation game, it looks pretty cool. So. Yeah, yeah, nothing that amazing well, compared to the And they trailer, didn't go but... kill zone on it, so it didn't look immediately obviously different. So I, I really thought, like, what the heck happened in the gameplay that was here last year? But, yeah, mm. kind of tricked me, and I didn't notice. But, yeah, going Mighty Morphin Power Ranger on the stuff, that, that looks pretty Oh, cool. yeah, yeah, it was cool, because basically they got to that end boss battle. It's this huge troll, like, oh, good, what am I supposed to do? They had one of the guides there at the booth. She's like, oh, you need to... Uh, more for character into the White Knight, so as soon as he did that, like, oh, okay, yeah, and I put in my impression Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, yeah, the comparison couldn't be avoided, but it was cool. I liked it. Yeah, probably a little bit harder to do unless you morph. <laughs> yes, yes, if not impossible. I was kind of disappointed the other characters in the battle didn't help out much, but that's one of the things of doing impressions with games at a conference like this, is you only get 10 minutes or so, and then you've got the next person waiting in line who's saying, come on, come on, come on, let me play, let me play. So, How were the lines which... for White Knight's story? Were they pretty long? Actually, uh, I, in that case, I only waited five minutes. We had the advantage, RP Gamer had a press pass, and they had the two business days, which were media and business only, so that helped tremendously for lines. There was a small line, but it wasn't that bad. However, they did keep everybody on a time limit, so after going through the scenario, uh, the woman who was kind, she's like, thank you, but we need the next person, and then we left it in there. Yeah. It was enough to get a feel of the game. Before we move Sounds on, anyone have, have questions on White Knight? No, I think I'm good. All right. Yeah, cause that, that, that's a big one. All right. <laughs> when, when is that coming? Do they have a date set or a time frame? A year? Uh, nothing I think they I said. I think I heard them say something about uh, early 2008, but huh. nothing more specific than that. Hmm. 
That sounds about right from what I heard. I have, yeah. All right. Well, let's let's wheel back around to uh, to Square Enix. Um, I know Michael is one of the biggest Dragon Quest fans, and so I, I think, think I'm bigger would... than him actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Right, well, we can we can have a cage match at some point. When you get uh, your I'll name in the you game, on. you can be bigger than me. <laughs> uh, I don't want to take one tattoo. That is true. Mike is in the credits for one of them. That that's that's a pretty good accomplishment. <laughs> uh, Kingdom Hearts tattoo. Come on, you gotta give some represent for that. Body art, yeah. But that's not Dragon Quest. Yeah, that's a different series. Yeah, eh, you, you can have that. Kingdom Hearts. And, yeah, you, and you know Kingdom what? Hearts. We are totally gonna see Dragon Quest themes <laughs> in the new Kingdom Hearts. I can pretty much guarantee. I'd be so no, surprised. No, that's never gonna happen. That's never gonna uh, happen. I don't know. I, I would not put bets against it. I would. I would. Not going to happen. Well, until then, we've got our Itadaki Street collection, so... Yeah, whenever right. we see one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. so Dragon Quest Four. You got a chance to play that, right, Paul? Yes, I did. Um, that all was right, a trip all back. The details. <laughs> okay, well, um, it, it's interesting you're mentioning Michael's name in the credits. If I remember correctly, that was Dragon Warrior 7. And the <laughs> battle system looks, yeah, back when it was Dragon Warrior in North America. Uh, the Yeah, the game itself, the battles actually look, it looks like the battle system is something taken out of the PlayStation series, so the graphics have been upgraded. You have a slightly isometric view for the world map and the towns, the wagon, you guys are fans of the wagon, it's still there. Yes. So, similar stuff. Um, Possible voice acting, though I haven't heard anything, I didn't see anything in the gameplay session. White Knight Story, I had a little bit more time to play that compared to Dragon Quest IV, because, well, this is Japan, and Dragon Quest is a cultural icon in its own right over here so everybody was waiting to play that yeah i was impressed out of all the remakes that was a good selection and being japan it was going to happen nice i'm excited portable dragon quest is awesome you can't wait for four or five and six and nine it's gonna be great people tell you have so no go ahead that's all right no sorry go ahead oh okay well people tell me four is the best one is that is that a great It's upon? not my favorite, but it is definitely one of the more popular games in the series. If you guys can recall, what's the name of that arms merchant who is in number four? I can't recall his name off the top Ornico. of my head. In, or- in Japan, yeah. it's Talun. In North America, it's T- Ornico. Yeah, I'm mixing up the Japanese and North American names. Uh, Talun, in his case, that's where he made his premiere in four, and there have been oh, many spinoff games on him. Probably that the most popular character. Yeah, one of them, yeah. Or if not the most popular. So, yeah, but he was he made had, as a parent. Uh, in yeah, quite a few uh, Fushiki no Dungeon games after him. I have one of them on my cell phone, actually, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I know mo- no mobile games, I'm sorry. No I'm mobile sorry. gaming. <laughs> yeah, no mobile games, I get shut down. I think we laid that rule down, didn't we? Yes, he did. Really I don't know, it's kind of hard to avoid it with the TGS discussion. But yeah, right. well, I mean, the TGS this year was full, but like you said, no mobiles. So leave it off. <laughs> Do, yeah. do you have Did any? You have do you have a rough count of RPGs that were on mobile? Rough count as far as playable, I'd say at least twenty to twenty-five. Oh just thinking gosh. off the top of my head, I mean, of, it's of that RPGs? much of RPGs. Yeah, when I mean, you think about it, these people are commuting on the train. They've got maybe an hour a day, so they're able to play through the game, get to save point. Oh. My first phone had Final Fantasy One on it, and that's considered old school compared to what the networks are like now. I could see it happening soon in the states, but. It's just a matter of when they get the phones networks upgraded or the phones upgraded themselves. So yeah, twenty I don't to think twenty-five. The the phones. I think it's the networks. And the network, yeah. 
Well, they, Japan's got an advantage. They charge so much for cell phones there. Like, yes, they do. Yes, they do. Yeah, but I, I don't think the two of us can talk. Actually, we just paid three hundred bucks or four hundred bucks for no, an iPod. No, but their plans, so. their monthly plans. We're 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 getting a steal compared to what they'd pay for what we have. Yeah, the fact That's that true. you get free nights and weekends is a steal. Although the reality is, most people use it for mail. Well, as far as they will use all that, right? Yeah, well, internet built in as far as email and stuff. So yeah, Sounds but like yeah. I think we're we're straying a little bit far afield here. No, that's all right. Thanks for getting him, uh, getting back. But yeah, DQ4, um, again, remakes. But as far as a remake choice, it was a good one. I liked it. It was brought back good memories playing that game. So it's good to see that'll be ported to a new generation. Yeah, I haven't had a chance console. to play it. So I'm looking forward to catching it through that remake. So yeah, It's definitely a neat game. Yeah, that's, that's my clue, too. Is I didn't play a lot of the Dragon Quest Dragon Warrior series when I was younger. I played the first one. Um, I haven't finished 7 or 8, mostly because almost all of my gaming at this point is either MMOs or it's portables. You have a lot well, of looks like you'll get the chance to play uh, four new Dragon Quest games then. <laughs> I know, I'm looking yes. forward to it. Oh, they'll come up, not surprised. Boy, if I remember, Dragon Warrior and Dragon Warrior 4 both were able to get free if you had Nintendo Power. I think oh, one the, of those promotions they had back in the day. Wasn't yeah. it just the first one? It I thought the they also one. did four. Oh, there was something about four. I don't remember the details. I remember the first one, but it was like for new subscribers, and I already had a subscription, I think. So. Yeah, well, I, I, my uh, father got me a second one just for that game. Nice. <laughs> That was that's a classic Nintendo Power giveaway thing. Yeah, they don't do them like that anymore. No, no. Now they have future publish them, whatever. Kind of an aside on Dragon Quest. When I had an interview with the producer and director of Infinite Undiscovery, one of the questions asked by another reporter was whether they didn't like turn-based games. And the guy, uh, I forget which one he was, but one of the guys was like, no, 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 I love Dragon Quest. I still play Dragon Quest all the time. So, I mean, they're, they're still, that, the series is well-loved. So, the, you know this one's going to sell. This will sell. And pretty much guaranteed it'll come over to the States. That's my Which thoughts one? on it. Also, I don't see any chance Dragon Quest to bring this over to the U.S. Oh, yeah, uh, it's a given. Yeah, yeah this point, ever, ever since uh, Dragon Quest Eight, they've really been doing a very good job of promoting the series in the U.S. and making sure we get most of the games in there out here. And uh, I think they've been seeing a lot of success with that. My understanding is Dragon Quest Heroes Rocket Slime did better than they were expecting it to, and uh, they're definitely promoting uh, Dragon Quest Monsters Choker pretty well. Looking forward to that coming out. I don't think there's any chance we're not going to get the remakes in the U.S. Okay. Just judging from watching the Slime Knights, if we did not get four, they would go just ballistic. And if <laughs> Slime Knights is supposed to be the official Dragon Quest uh, fan, uh, fan site, then you know they're going to have to bring it over. Yeah, I think. Which is awesome. Can't wait. Yeah. So if it's sooner rather than later, they seem to be taking a really long time with these Dragon Quest localizations. <laughs> As long as they do a good job, I'll wait. No. Yeah, I'd like them to do a good job, but I also want them now because I'm not very patient. <laughs> I have a large stack on finished games, so I've I'm always got that to look at. But okay, so you mentioned Infinite Undiscovery. You had a chance to interview with those creators, like you said, and 
I was just wondering if you could share kind of some of the stuff you learned in that, because I think we all need more clarifications, just besides the, the name thing, just the whole concept of the battle system, and I think there's some confusion on there. Well, as far as RP Gamers securing an interview, it was kind of a last-minute thing. Uh, we have good contacts with the person working for Square Enix, so we were able to set up that interview. And during the interview, they were able to elaborate a little bit more about what the game is about. Now, this is going to be a Tri-A-Square Enix partnership, so a bunch of the people who were interviewing, myself included, were making a lot of comparisons to Star Ocean. The battle system is going to be slightly slim, similar to Star Ocean three although from what i understand they are making it in a brand new engine that's being developed in-house uh, one of the things that the producers were hyping the most is that environment changes are going to affect battle and gameplay for example you'll have a tsunami come in and affect the battlefield or you have an earthquake or fire or what have you that was one thing that they really emphasized now what is going to happen to gameplay i'm not sure but that was one thing that they definitely stressed during the interview did they give you the idea that it would be like random or like you know going into this battle that this is going to be, you know, your your ice field battle or your 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 water tsunami type battle? A little bit of both. From what I understand, they were trying to hype the fact that the transition between battles and the gameplay itself was very seamless and that you'd have events that not only would that affect the battle, but that it would also affect other elements of the gameplay as well. Um, I think it's a little bit of random and also the fact that, yeah, when you go under, you have an idea of what's going on. A little bit of both. But again, very uncertain because even the producers admitted that the game is still in a very early stage of development. And when we asked them for a timetable, they kind of laughed and said, yeah, we don't know, but <laughs> yeah, they just announced it at TGS2 as a brand new, and I we were under restrictions of what kind of questions we could ask, and that was kind of a surprise. Well, no, not really, we're an ex-bud. Like, what, uh, I made the mistake of asking a question, like, why did you choose the Xbox 360 over the PS3? At that point, it was like, nope, next question. <laughs> so, but so, that's business for you. The answer is I, money. Yeah, pretty much. But well, Were you we won't in the, go there. Now that was a group of reporters with you, right? That's correct. One Up GameSpot, uh, several other media sources, pretty well known. But yeah, we were. It was at a hotel near the conference, and they actually had it set up in a room where we went and went around in a group asking questions. So did you get? Was your group the one where kind of the elephant in the room got dropped about the 360, and it kind of degenerated the discussion, or? Yeah, I've been hearing rumors of that going into the internet, and the rumor was that, uh, please correct me because I haven't heard many details, well, they, that a female reporter who did that. Mm -hmm. Okay, then it was not my group, it was all guys I, there, and there was oh, somebody... I'm, ju I'm just agreeing, I, I, I'm not sure... I don't think anybody's named who the reporter was because okay. it's embarrassing, you know? <laughs> yeah, it would be embarrassing. I know not only myself but other people there were certain questions where they're like no you can't ask that then we're not able to answer that and we're like it okay sounds like let i'm wondering if, if your group they kind of just cut it off early because of what might have happened in a that's what one. i'm thinking <laughs> um we were told at the beginning of the interview like by the way there are only some kinds of questions they can ask other business related questions they're either not able or not willing to answer so they it's possible that it happened before my group yeah. went in that's entirely like, possible. For people who didn't hear, it sounds like there's a lot of pressure put on during one of one of those interview groups with these people about why are they putting their game on the 360 when the 360 is not doing too well in Japan and you're trying to have a successful RPG. And um, the conclusion most people seem to reach is that Microsoft may have you know coughed up some cash for it. Um, 
So obviously it's speculation to ask about in an interview, but they're not going to confirm something like that. (laughs) No. Well, not only would they not confirm something like that, even the producers kind of gave this look kind of like, even if we knew it, we're not in the position to talk about it. They were pretty nice about it and some of the questions. So like our group, and that's the thing about being a reporter in those interviews, you kind of have to know when to ask the question and know when to back off to be nice. But I think for the most part, pretty civil. No, my group was not the one where the bomb was dropped. It's not really that speculative of a point though. I mean, Microsoft was originally the publisher for the game and then it switched over to Square Enix, so if Microsoft was going to publish it, then yeah, they're fronting up some money there. It's not an open question. Everyone knows that. Which is possible, but business-related questions were shut down, I can tell you that, in the interview we had. Very interesting. Yeah. Did you have any other gameplay questions? I'm trying to... I don't want to miss anything. Oh, yeah. Well, what what are the tactics games were there? Tactics? You have... Final Fantasy Tactics, the only one I noticed there on the floor was A2, and that looks pretty good. That's uh, actually a release date, October 25th in Japan. Uh, really cool looking if you're a fan of the original Tactics Advance for the Game Boy Advance. Um, yeah, this will be for you. Definitely nice. Very polished about, looking. It's ready to What go. about if you weren't a fan of the original? Uh, if you <laughs> weren't a like fan of the... Fix some of it? <laughs> I mean, well, I, I think it know. had some pretty big flaws in the gameplay that kind of uh, made it a bit of a disappointment, so I'm just hoping some of those get addressed in the uh, sequel. I well, mean, specifically, big... which yeah, which ones? I have played Advanced, too, so which ones are you talking about? And I'll try to remember from what I saw from the impression. Well, a couple of the issues, first of all, it was pretty much way too easy. Uh, Final Fantasy Tactics wasn't the hardest RPG, but then Advanced was even easier. Um, that was one thing I had. Uh, another thing, the law system got a little bit too annoying at certain times. Um, I didn't like how few story characters there were that actually joined your group. Like, in the first Final Fantasy Tactics, you had Mustad, you had Agrius, and you didn't really have those in the uh, GBA game. Um, no, and even those story characters. Yeah. yeah. Well, again, with the game impression, we only had about 10, 15 minutes. The tactics line was pretty long to get into that because it was a game that's more or less ready to go. Um, it... Yeah, hard to say. That's one of those things I can't really comment until I've actually played through most of the game. And the battle that we did was one of the earlier ones. It seems like from that the law system is a little more relaxed this time around. Well, that's good, Just from at my least. impression. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah, a lot of people uh, didn't like the, how strict the law system was, especially when you started to get, like, four laws in effect at a time. And it's like, oh, you can't heal and you can't attack. So, um, yeah, you're just boned. Yeah, it looked a lot that's- less strict. I actually uh, liked sure. the law system. It was kind of like I, I akin to playing soccer because it was like, oh, I got a red card. I'm out. Yeah, and then you have to bail out your characters for prison. It was or good whatever. when it worked, but when it just set up these impossible scenarios, then it just became more annoying. Wasn't that they're impossible? Yeah. It was just that they were annoying. Um. One thing that I did notice in the game itself is that weather actually plays part in the different world map areas. As to how it affects the map, I'm not sure, but that is one thing that I did notice on the map. That's good to hear. Uh, yeah. Wasn't that something that was in Tactics? No. Uh, Weather played a huge impact in um, Tactics Ogre, but most subsequent SRPGs haven't really touched on that too much. Which is disappointing, because it could definitely be an interesting element to add uh, to really show up the strategy involved. Well, it looks like that element is in A2. I mean, how that element takes place, not sure at this point, but it is coming out pretty soon in Japan. And yeah, this is another one where it will come out in the States, even if they haven't announced a date yet. So. I'm pretty sure they did actually announce the I mean, They just said, you know, 
can't say when yet. Okay, which is fair enough. But I mean, that the Japanese product is pretty much close to completion. Yeah, I was impressed. I liked the advance. The laws did get annoying a little bit. It looks like the laws are a little less strict this time around. How? Not sure, but yeah. All right. Well, we got so much at Square Enix. Um, you also got to play that the the remake of the the Super Nintendo Star Ocean, right? Yeah, that was a trip down memory lane looking at that. One of the more complex carts for the Super Famicom, and they finally ported it to the PSP. Um, this is in a case of a remake, which is good because for North American gamers, they get to play the game actually on a system. Um, the battle engine they're using is from Star Ocean, the second story, and actually runs quite smoothly. I'd say even more smoothly than the original Super Famicom, so that was cool. I'm looking forward to that. Yes. I was a big fan of... I was a big fan of Star Ocean too, so I'm looking to getting an official <laughs> release for the first game. Yeah, you know, Anna doesn't like the series. Yeah, we we just discussed Star Ocean the other week. Yeah, I pass. Oh, okay. I didn't like Never the third mind. game, but I like the second game, and the fact that they're adding some uh, system elements from the, to the first game is definitely going to be an interesting thing for me. Yeah. Apologies, Anna Marie. My very first staff review way back in the day was Star Ocean Second Story, so kind of fanboy talking there. But if you like, okay, condition. If you liked it, then you can go get it. But yeah, that was available for play. It looks pretty good if you like it. I just want to know if it has a better story than the second one. I mean, because that was my only faulting with the second one, just how the the story all wrapped up in that. And if I know that you know it's got similar gameplay and. A better story than I'm totally all for it. Yeah, this will be better than the third one. Uh, from <laughs> not going to go there. Um, I don't know. I've always kind of thought of Star Ocean as Star Trek and Star Trek in RPG style, especially with the original Super Famicom, where they have the voiceover, which almost sounds like it was completely ripped from Star Trek. Um, the cinematics have been redone, and they have a couple of new voice actors as well. So there's some changes as far as the general plot line. Not sure, but yeah, it was nice to play. It was fun. Well, I just kind of ask it generally for Star Ocean 1 since not having played it, I don't know if the story's any good at all. So, <laughs> mm, Well, I don't know. Depends on whether sci-fi is your kind of thing. I don't know. I personally sci-fi like the story of Star Ocean. Yeah, it is true, which is different. And, I liked it. And I'm even better. okay with most of 2. It's just I was dissatisfied with how things were wrapped up um, and having to play through the ending like five times and still not being satisfied. But... <laughs> Well, if you're yeah. familiar with Star Ocean 2, one of the main characters in Star Ocean 1 is the father of, uh, what's his name? Star Ocean 2 Claude? main character. Claude, yeah. Uh, Claude's father, Ronixis, he's one of the main characters in, not the hero, but one of the main characters in the first game. So, kind of a standalone story. I don't know. It was all right. Colt hit him enough to create a series, so. I'll have some fun with it. Yeah, all right, so it looks you, interesting. You, you got to you got to play the fantastic looking Crisis Core, didn't you? Yes, very very beautiful. I know I got some flames on the forum uh, complaining about my usage of the word remake, which is true. It's not exactly correct. It's more of a no. prequel, and this is specifically a prequel following right before the story of FF Seven. Very nice looking game. Um, does it play as well as it looks? <laughs> yes, it does actually. I'm going to say not as well as the cinematics, but it does play as well as it looks. The battle system has kind of interesting feature called the digital mind wave, where if you match up a bunch of slots, you're able to get your character with a power up and you're also able to move around the bat uh, the battlefield in real time and that was kind of cool to play 
Yeah, transition between regular battles is seamless, and the demo I had was basically Zack taking one-on-one versus Sephiroth, which was cool in its own right. <laughs> Did anybody beat it while they were at TGS? Not that I'm aware of. Because <laughs> apparently, it's, apparently it's not that long of a game. Might be going through the same <laughs> Heavenly Sword type things. <laughs> yeah, not that I'm aware of. There are some cinematic sequences that they had of uh, was uh, Sephiroth and Genova, among other things. And I don't know whether anybody beat it or not. They did have a save <laughs> file, and that's where I was able to get it. But I'm not sure. Again, they kept the lines going heard, pretty I've well. I've heard it's got a pretty good length to it. Oh, well. Was that just a, a fake screenshot then that someone had posted with like the four and a half hours? I think it was a real time or whatever. I, well, first of all, it was fourteen hours, and second of all, I think that was a speed run. Oh. And um, not only that. Oh, sorry, guys, go, uh, okay. go ahead. I think the, well, that, the actual game, if you're playing through it normally, has a good length to it. Oh, yeah, good. and also keep in mind that the title has. Uh, this is uh, one of the titles that I played, which it was released on September thirteenth in Japan. So the game has been out available for play. It's just a fairly new title. So I'm sure if somebody picked up the Japanese version with a speed run, definitely they could have gotten near the end. Yeah. yeah. Especially with the shiny, slim PSP. Yes, I'm sorry, Michael. I couldn't get a hold of that for you, but that sold out on the day. I checked, though. <laughs> I checked. Yeah. yeah, well, it was a long shot. I was like, oh, crap, they made how many? Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, figured to ask, but yeah. No, 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 Crisis Core looks pretty cool. My impression, it kind of made it was, again, annoyed just because, like, yay, FF7, great again. But it, it looks nice, plays nice, too. So in that sense, yeah, definitely t- worth a look. All right. Well, moving on, um, Crystal Chronicles. Fun game to play, surprisingly. I wasn't exactly uh, pumped about the GameCube one. It just kind of struck me. But the DS is a perfect format to put a multiplayer game. And the booth setup, we kind of had our own staff counselor, this really, really ganky girl who was kind of... uh, cheering us on through it and then she's listening while she was playing as a white mage so she'd come up during the middle of the battle she has an mate mate which is like wait wait i'll do a raise so and she had the speakers on the headset and everything which is kind of amusing uh cool game to play um i'm not sure about the single player game we didn't have a chance to try that out but the multiplayer we did that's what i'm concerned about <laughs> yeah well yeah, that's an- my main concern also Single player, yeah, and that's one of those things I'll, I'll level with you. I didn't have a chance to do the single player just because they did not give the option to do the single player. They only had it available for demo as multiplayer. Is yeah, that a Wi-Fi enabled? Sorry, go ahead. Um, yes, it is Wi-Fi enabled. Okay. And it's, it's also... It's local Wi-Fi. It's not Wi-Fi connection enabled. Okay. Just so we're clear on that. No, no, that's all right. Thank you for the clarification on that. I also, it is available to interface with the Wii as well. I'm not exactly sure how, but that is one thing that they did mention there on the That's floor. interesting. I hadn't heard anything about that. that. Work, then? Yeah. yeah. Um, Very from what I understand is using kind of trading Moogles, if I'm not mistaken. That's what I've heard. There's a very, very brief mention. Maybe it this ties is in another with the Wii game that's coming. That wouldn't surprise me, and uh, this game was released on August 25th in Japan, so this is another game that's actually already available for sale or import, if that's your thing. So, yeah, I wish I could tell you guys about the single player, but just wasn't there on the floor. Multiplayer was, and that was fun, but yeah. Hmm. So, we have another one that I think Anna Marie is really looking forward to. Should be Chocobo's Mysterious Dungeon Labyrinth Forgotten by Time. 
Ah, I mentioned that there. before. Yeah, I, th- I um, think that's that, that's a new AAA title. That's uh, that's going to take the nation by storm. I think so. The first one, the first one was pretty popular in Japan. It sold a million copies. Never know. Yeah, but you believe the and English title for that. <sighs> this is Can't the third count. one. Oh, the third one. Okay. Okay. Um, as far as, uh, in Japan, it's referred to as Fushigi no Dungeon, a mysterious dungeon. Um, yeah, playing with the Chocobo, the Final Fantasy horse. It, yeah, cute looking, cool. If, fush, if dungeon crawling's your thing, then with the Chocobo, it was very weirded out to see the Chocobo talking to humans and they thought nothing of it, but it's fantasy. What can you do? So, does, yeah. Actually, that's something that I wanted to clarify. Does it actually talk or does it work? I did not hear any works. I was kind of disappointed. I was looking out for the works. Um, he had some sound effects quack? during battle. I was always under the... They ah, work and they quack. Quack. The quack. was U.S. they work and then the Japan they quack. Is what I think. No, they, they quack they in, quack in the U.S. Quilt. Yeah. 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 Well, they debate. changed nah. it somewhere. <laughs> Around yeah. Final Fantasy IX. Let's just let's just say they're very versatile creatures, those chocobos. <laughs> yes, versatile enough to talk to humans in town before the dungeon, and then going down the various techniques. If you've played Mysterious Dungeon before and you have a real liking for chocobos, it's cool. Yeah, is it like every other Mysterious Dungeon game? Just go down and spam your A button a bit, and maybe use an attack. This one has a job so system. You don't die. Oh, whoa. It, yes. There's a job system, and it also yeah, has various like techniques tactics. to use, not as a spell. Is- so. This is yeah. the first uh, mysterious dungeon game I know of that uses a job system from the fantasy series. Huh. Yeah, well, I mean, most of the mysterious dungeons started with Dragon Quest, but I guess it's evolved from there on. Uh, there are several techniques available to use in the Chocobo, which is kind of cool, seeing the Chocobo either kick or headbutt various monsters. That was kind of cool. Did you cast Meteor? No, there's no Meteor available. It's a low-level demo. What Sorry. What is a Chocobo that you can't cast Meteor with? That brings oh, memories yeah. of that river battle in Final Fantasy Tactics where the uh, <laughs> red chocobos swarm you with choco meteor attacks. Exactly. I wouldn't be surprised later on in the game if they'd have something like that available. Um, yeah, looks fairly standard dungeon crawler, but it does have a couple of extras, and yeah, it's chocobo, so. Yeah. I don't know what else you guys um, are looking for. Did you play the Chocobo's Mysterious Dungeon on the PlayStation? No, I played the Wii version. The only version they had no. available on demo. No, as oh. in back in the day. Oh, the, back in the day for the PlayStation 1? No, I didn't. I did okay. not. No. Okay. okay. Did it was some I wanted to know question? if it was a comparison point. Yeah. I, eh, I sorry. The old one. Um, I even did like monster guides and all sorts of guides for it. Um, oh, I'm making it back for the original one. Okay. Yeah, I was making FAQs for the original one, so I don't know. Everything that I hear about this game thus far has been, it's cute and it's going to be really repetitive. But I mean, at the same time, I've never really found any of the Mysterious Dungeons terribly repetitive. So um, I, I'm super, super stoked for this game. And uh, I'm, I'm sure it's just going to drive me bonkers. I, I have to just go get like a plushy chocobo or something. Well, if dungeon crawlers are your thing, like Mysterious Dungeon, absolutely. And it was, it was fun to play. I wish I could have stayed longer, but again, this is one of those things where the staff said, nope, gotta go, see you later. So, it was cool. Enough where I gave a favorable impression of it, so... And it was, it was a good impression. I guess the dungeon crawlers are your thing, cool, and there are enough extra things like the job system and abilities which are gonna make it worthwhile. So yeah, definitely worth a look. 
Sounds good. Yeah. Was there anything else that you were able to play that we haven't touched on? Anything else? Well, most of them were at the Square Enix booth. Let me think. Um, Other playable games. I'm probably forgetting some on the list. I don't have the list in front of me right now, but the majority of the playable titles that were available for review for us, for our coverage, mm-hmm. um, were at Square Enix. And uh, you mind if I mention a little bit about the closed theater, if that's okay? Oh, oh absolutely. Please go right ahead. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to. Oh, my security. And I know they're pretty strict about security and everything. That was kind of a surprise. We waited in line for 35 minutes to get into this enclosed theater on the convention floor. Then they had about six staff members walking around with signs saying no pictures, telling us to put our luggage down at our feet so we wouldn't take any pictures. Um, Cool-looking trailers. We had FF13. Uh, that's the first glimpse of our Kingdom Hearts titles are there. So, yeah, overall really nice. Security is directly How did the uh, uh, which Kingdom Hearts games look? All New three Kingdom Hearts games, all three yeah. of um pretty good. I'm kind of surprised at their choice for doing the DS PSP. Uh, the PSP looks the cleanest out of all of them. Um, although I'm trying to remember which consoles we had for them, they looked all right. Nothing amazing though. It wasn't one of these oh my god kind of effects like FF10 when that came out first playing. It was like wow they've upped the bar that much. Not that it was good. Cool. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't we haven't really had a chance to cover this in their podcast um this week. So just to clarify for people, there are three new Kingdom Hearts titles. I might need some help here. We got Birth by Sleep, which is what the PSP uh, game for PSP, yep. and it's a it's a prequel. Okay, it's a distant prequel. A distant yeah, prequel. distant prequel. If you saw the secret ending in the Kingdom Hearts to Final Mix Plus. There was a video, it was really sort of obscure, and that's supposedly supposed to be some sort of story basis for this new game. Not a lot of details yet. I'm I'm kind of I, I want more. Tell me more. <laughs> Is it more about the theater? Ah uh, No 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 not, no um, about oh, about oh, the oh, Kingdom sorry. Hearts. <laughs> about the so, Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> The second game is is three fifty eight over two, which comes out to one hundred seventy nine days, which apparently has cos- days. <laughs> days, which apparently has cause you know special cosmic significance for like. My understanding is it takes place. <laughs> it takes place of uh, the two days that Sora is in Castle Oblivion, which is actually like three hundred fifty eight days because uh, Sora is asleep and then time is going differently in the real world, and it makes absolutely no sense because the whole series has a completely incoherent story, but. Okay, <laughs> and so you're gonna be able to play as some as some you know organization thirteen members. It sounds like so, and that's uh, that is on the DS and co-developed by Hand. Um, do we know anything about Hand, Brian? Yeah, uh, they, they made did uh, Chocobo, Chocobo Tales. Tales. Oh, okay, that could be interesting. But it's also so, being all three all three games are being directed by Nomura himself, in okay. theory. And then they've got co-directors from inside Ceranix. Um, well, and just to wrap up, the the third one is Kingdom Hearts Coded, which is a mobile right. phone game, which means we hate it. And we must move on. Until we start getting them here the and we have a good reason for them to exist. But whatever. <laughs> this has a computer data version of Sora. Okay. 
Yeah, it, you know, okay, yeah, mobile will forget for now. The DS and PSP looked pretty clean. Again, nothing incredible, but it was all right. Um, I really wish I could have taken pictures, but if I would have even grabbed for my camera, I would have been out that theater faster than you know. So, yes. and that was the case for everybody. I mean, I, I understand the respect. People give them their cell phones and stuff, apparently, if they took them out, right? Uh, we didn't, uh, well, I didn't take out my cell phone. I had mine in a bag at the time, and I... I mean, there were some cases where they had the no photography rule in other booths where you could smuggle a picture or two, and for most part, the people wouldn't confront you. No, not there. You'd even do that. They're like, no, out, bye. So yeah. other than that, um, had it yeah. too often. <laughs> yeah, well, I wasn't going to risk it. We were lucky enough to get into the shot, at, get in there, and the fact sure, we're sure. doing coverage here. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> sweet. So... But no mention of Kingdom Hearts 3 or a Chain of Memory type remake. Nothing as far as that. The three titles that were announced, which they kept down low until the first day of the show, were the ones that you guys just mentioned. Nothing about Kingdom Hearts 3 or Chain of Memories. Good. Yeah. Well. I'm still hoping for a Chain of Memory remake that fixes the game, but whatever. Uh, yeah, you know, we, we could have a game that fixes Chain of Memories, but then we couldn't possibly call it Chain of Memories. <laughs> well, in Japan, it was, hey, never it was Re-Chain of Memories in Japan. That was actually oh. the name of it. Yeah. Get it out here. I'm trying to think what else you have for... Uh, uh, one last thing about the Closed Theater was you had some extended FF13 trailers. Uh... They're really, uh, again, a little extended from the E3 2006 trailers. Um, the one that impressed me personally was the FF... Oh, I think you can even get these title names right. Versus 13. Final Fantasy Versus 13. Yeah, that's yeah. the one everyone and I think got impressed by. <laughs> that was a very impressive looking one. Uh, they made a point to say that it's kind of set in the real world, but with fantasy elements, so a lot more believable than the regular Final Fantasy 13. Wasn't it supposed to be set in the same world as 13, though? I no, they, they are not. That they're, all supposed to be, they're all supposed to be set in totally different worlds. It's just... They said they all share a thematic theme, or with the fabulous thematic elements in common, where uh, the uh, crystals link all the stories together. But they're all fabulous. set in different worlds in different times. Mm, yeah, as far as that. But I mean, you could tell definitely by the trailers the difference between the world of thirteen versus 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 thirteen. That's a tongue twister for you. But yeah, um, very very nice looking. By far the best looking games at the show. I mean, these are cinematic trailers. So it was take all it cinematics, though, right? Yeah, it was all cinematics. No well, gameplay at all. I'd, I'd, I'd be more excited trailer? if these. I'd be more excited if these were coming out before 2011. Personally, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the real I mean, problem. <laughs> Yeah, well, if you're going to ask for a game date, they, a release date that we're going to get, weren't going to give anything specific. The cinematics look beautiful. I but think we might have a chance of seeing like... StarCraft II first, so that's <laughs> not a good yeah. okay. okay. I think that's about it, closed theater wise. All right. Well, are so there any other are overall, oh, sorry. Are we overall impressions of the show? How'd, how'd you like it, Paul? Um, This is my second to got. Second time going to TGS. Uh, the first time was in 2005. Overall, I like 2005 a little bit better, especially because that was the time where they announced the new controller for the Wii. You had a couple of game announcements, but biggest disappointment is it's very remake-heavy. 
um, with a lot of the titles and a lot of mobile titles. But that's the way Japan's moving and, well, Tokyo Game Show. So it was fun to go. I'm glad I got the chance to coverage and show everybody the games and everything, but I've been to better. Maybe that's just me being cynical because I've been to conventions like this before. But, yeah, that was my general impression of it. Good, that's but not the I, best. It's kind of how I got after E3 this year. Is it similar? Big, yeah, it's been a big letdown in general this year as far as uh, game shows. Yeah, well, I had a bunch of people saying, Paul, bring me back swag, bring me back swag. Like, uh, yeah, that's if there was swag to bring back. But, I don't know, a lot of information, got to exchange a lot of business cards. Uh, RP Gamer at first were having dual-sided bilingual business cards, which is kind of cool. But, yeah, got to meet a lot of cool people. Some of the games were fun, but nothing to write home about that much. So you seem to wrote a lot, you, so maybe not. As someone What's that? Who I, I said you seem to have written quite a lot, so maybe not quite what that yeah, meant. You did write home quite a bit. Yeah. yeah, well, I was kind of, I wanted to do a little bit more than the coverage I did in 2005. There were some impressions that I left out then, so I was able to get more. Well, we're um, really glad you did, because we really appreciate it. Oh, thanks, I'm glad. It, it was, was, it was of, fun to go. A lot of good details, so. It's fun to go back in my day job. I had a lot of people who were like, what, you like Japan because of video games? For my thing, I'm like, yeah, of course. Why wouldn't I think that? So it's nice to get back to that kind of uh, environment, and TGS is definitely that. Sorry, well, what were you guys saying? Let me clarify something. Did you have to skip work to go to this? Um, yeah, well, my day job is an English teacher. Because of two part of the days, I ended up taking days off. And I had several other co-workers who did the same thing to make the trip from Tokyo. For me, it takes two hours by the bullet train to get there. Worth it, though, definitely. Yeah, I imagine most of the English teachers in Pan that aren't native Japanese are probably video game fans. A good portion of them are. They keep it quiet during the job, but it's pretty well known. I mean, I think even most other people outside of the business, they're aware of it. They might not know the specifics, but everybody and their mother knows Dragon Quest. So, I mean, you have that to start with. Nice. Well, thank you so much for going out there and giving us such good coverage. We really appreciate it. and Thanks for having your podcast with us this week. Um, Yeah, you're welcome. Sharing it all with us. Yeah, no problem. It was it was fun to get back into that. I'm glad I was able to give you guys a little bit of preview. Um, one thing I do want to say to all the readers, uh, all the readers out there, kind of wondering what shows are like this. These game impressions that that's what they said. They're impressions. They'll probably change, but yeah, it's good to take a preview. So yeah, I'll have some interesting stuff coming in the future. Yeah. All right. All right. Cool. Was Thanks. Like I'm going to get with you again, Paul. Yeah, it was good. It's been years. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But yeah, good to, good to touch base again. So yeah, I'll keep in touch with you guys in the future. They'll let you know what's going on. That'd be great. Sounds good. Absolutely. All right. Nice talking with you again. Yeah. Thanks, Paul. Well, all right. Thank you, listeners, too, for joining us for another RPG cast. That's been our TGS coverage, and hope you enjoyed it. And we will see you guys next week. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Shana. Did you listen to the last week's show? That was we had uh, two dropouts during last then. week's show as well. Well, did you listen I, to I, it? All? No, I wasn't one. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't on. Why would I care? That's plugs, just a healthy but... dose of narcissism, <sighs> right there.
You know, it's a great thing in Japan. They have what they call Happy Monday Sado, basically a bunch of national holidays that are set to fall on Mondays. So we had a long weekend after I got back from TGS. I had to work that Saturday, which is why I went back early. But it was like, okay, holiday, get it all done. So, yeah. Nice. Wait, a teacher has to work on Saturday? Yeah, my yeah. company's BS that Didn't way, you play but... Persona 3? Yeah, I know. Jeez, Mike. No, I didn't play Persona <laughs> no, 3. Have you not figured that out yet? <laughs> yeah, apparently school on Everything every I need to learn Sunday. about Japan, I learned from Persona 3. Yeah. Well, you know, actually for the public schools, there aren't open on Saturday, but I don't exactly work in the school system, and the private business I work for is open on Saturdays, which is BS, but yeah. What the school in Persona 3 is run by a company. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me in the least. I'm, that's I have a private business where I work. Yeah. Ah, uh, man. Yep. So if you have questions about Japan, just load up P3. <laughs> yeah. Now I, now I have I'm to pick up two so games glad they didn't Americanize it anymore than they did. I'll, I'll say this. Kingdom Hearts. You know, I remember when the first announcement of that came out, and I was like, what is Square Enix thinking missing Disney? But then I've come here, and after living here, everybody's crazy about Disney. I think it's kind of odd. Disney, but Disneyland Tokyo? Yeah, seriously. My girlfriend and I went there last Christmas for a date, and she's like, this is the most romantic place in Japan. And I just kind of rolled my eyes. No, like, okay, that's hard. Or whatever. Excuse me, let me puke over here. Yeah, that's well, awesome. I mean, it was... She uh, enjoyed it, but when she when she said that, I was just kind of like, huh? Well, we can add that out later <laughs> if you recording, want. recording, no, no, <laughs> That would have been awesome. We already get them great outtakes You're here. still recording, aren't you? I don't know, the host is still there. No, no, no she made that comment. Oh, man, no, she made that comment. She said, this is the most romantic place in Japan. And as soon as she said that, I'm like, that's why Kingdom Hearts was made. It's like this automatic, yeah, yeah kind of cool perspective you get. Well, yeah, I do know a lot of people want to make out in Space Mountain, so maybe it's kind of related. I have no idea. <laughs> wow. Is that where you hear the little forest animal sing zippity doo dah it's a wonderful day? That's no, not romantic. The, That's disturbing. It's, it's the completely black roller coaster. Oh. It was sadly closed at the I'm time. I'm thinking I of went Splash there. Mountain, sorry. Oh, yeah. Not that, that, completely black, just mostly black. Very hard to see. Yeah, there's lights here and there, but yeah, it's pretty yeah. dark. That's not for kissing, yeah. that's for feeling up. Jeez, I didn't say high. kissing. I said, you know, <laughs> making out. Okay. Hi, <laughs> Fox. Is, yeah, is there like, a, is there like oh. a Space Mountain version of Mile High Club? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll catch you guys later, all right? <laughs> I was like, I'm leaving now. No, no, no. That's like, I gotta get to work, actually. It's nothing with perverted. I think it's kind of amusing, but I was the one who brought up the Disneyland and feeling up, so that's okay. Okay. I'm not unsympathetic when people have a chronic disease. I know what it's like. You know, I know how tough it is sometimes to get up and even get out of bed. I mean, I went through a really bad um, period where, um, right, right as I was finishing high school, where my parents went to work and my brother came downstairs and helped me out of bed and helped me to the bathroom and helped me got dressed before I could function enough to actually get up and go to school. But I was also working. Mike, are you talking to your cat? (laughs) I thought this was muted. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this is going in the outtakes. (laughs) Oh, it's not. Yes, it is, actually. Oh, yeah. That's totally going oh, in the I, outtakes. It's, what? Yeah, it, it but is. it's not even in the show anymore. That's, it's that's going in the outtakes. Far out. 
It doesn't matter. That has to go in there. You're still recording, right? I am recording, yes. This is going in. What? What was so bad? It's just funny. 